Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Or Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything A. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by G3. You've got grain to sell? We're buying. G3 Grain Elevators in Saskatchewan are open for business and want to buy your grain. Find a G3 Grain Elevator near you today at g3smarter.ca. And brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 Individual Row Metering System. The latest crop reports as farmers are busy spraying for weeds and insects. Canadian Western Agribition reports a profitable year for 2019, but this year could be a concern because of COVID-19. Real Agriculture looks at future trends in Canada. We also take a look at crops in Manitoba and dryness in the Yorkton area. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Again. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the Candiac Auction Mart. To consign your cattle, call them today at 424-2967. And Canadian Hail Agencies, providing you hail insurance for 25 years. Contact your broker today to see why Canadian Hail Adjusters are voted the best in the industry. The latest Saskatchewan Agriculture crop reports as farmers are busy spraying for weeds and insects. Provincial crop specialist Sarah Tetland says most of the province received some rain this past week. Particularly in the southwest, west central and up into the northern regions, we didn't get quite as much rainfall in the southeast region of the province and more along the eastern edge of the border there. And uh, it has been quite windy still throughout most of the province, but most reporters have mentioned that the winds have been dying down and they have been able to get out into the fields and continue spraying. And a lot of farmers have made quite a bit of progress spraying for both weed control as well as for flea beetles and cutworms. Are there moisture concerns in some areas? There are moisture concerns in some areas. Areas that have received rain the last couple weeks have noted that that has improved moisture conditions and crop development and pasture development in these areas are doing well. Those areas that haven't received quite as much rain, more in the southern regions up into the east central regions, have reported that moisture conditions are reducing in those areas and they have said that this has slowed crop development for some and also noted that hay and pasture development has been delayed or slowed down and this might push their first cut timing of the hay fields or they might see some reduced yields if compared to if they had a little bit more moisture and a little bit more heat. So what is the topsoil moisture rating? So cropland topsoil moisture rated is rated as 2% surplus, 69% adequate, 22% short, and 7% very short. 
And then hay and pasture land topsoil moisture is rated as 2% surplus, 55% adequate, 26% short, and 17% very short. What's crop development rated at? So most of the crops are around their normal stage of development. Some areas that were a little drier have noted that crop development has been delayed a bit, as well as in areas that have been quite cool. Notably, the north, northwest region has noted that it has been quite cool, and this has slowed down development for some crops and pastures. So when we look at the numbers, provincially, 68% of the fall cereals, 69% of the spring cereals, 60% of the oilseed crops, and 74% of the pulse crops are at their normal stages of development for this time of year. What were the major causes of crop loss this past week? So it, it kind of varied depending on region. There has been damage reported due to the dry soil conditions as well as wind, but thankfully that has been dying down in most areas. There also has been damage reported from flea beetles, cutworms, as well as gophers, especially in the southern regions of the province. And there also has been isolated reports of hail, particularly in the east-central and southeast regions. Has there been much reseeding? There has been a little bit, re- a little bit of reseeding done, and this has been more in isolated areas where they did see damage due to the wind, as well as flea beetles and cutworms and hail in some areas. Gould Town in the southwest had the highest amount of rain this past week at 74 millimeters or almost 3 inches. The crop reports as most farmers would welcome more rain, but some fields have been saturated. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This segment is brought to you by the Canadian Canola Growers Association, helping farmers succeed for over 35 years. Visit ccga.ca to learn more. And brought to you by Selford Group. Get the best price on new Selford equipment before July 3rd. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. Canadian Western Agribition in Regina is reporting a successful year with a net income of $325,000 for 2019. CEO Chris Lane says the profits are about $150,000 higher than the previous year. Well, we're pretty happy with the way the 2019 worked out, Jim. I think it really shows the support of the industry uh, that Agribition has, and I think it shows that Agribition occupies uh, and continues to occupy uh, a pretty valuable place in the industry and the marketplace. Today we're announcing a a net income, a positive net income of about $325,000 for Agribition in 2019. How does that compare from average or from last year, up or down? Uh, That's an increase over last year uh, and an increase uh, over the year before that as well. So uh, in the last three years, we've seen uh, sort of a steady upward tick in the net income, a positive net income, which is really important for us. I think, you know, now more than ever, we're talking about sustainability and uh, and the ability of agribition to sort of weather whatever might come its way. And I think, you know, especially in the last uh, several years, uh, the organization has been able to maintain a, a sustainable level of profitability. And that's, you know, really becoming a pretty important factor for us as we go forward. What were the main causes of this improved income? Well, we saw uh, an uptick in uh, our sponsorship revenue. We saw an up- uptick in our trade show revenue and um, you know we were able to be more efficient on some of our costs so you put all those things together and and uh, and that leads to a pretty positive result for us I think though again though that 
the driver for agribition to be successful is always in its ability to create value in the marketplace and draw in new partnerships and uh, and new organizations that want to be part of the agribition experience. How does it look for this year? You've had to postpone or cancel this year's show just because of the COVID-19 outbreak. Yeah, that's right. I think, you know, agribition, like any other organization that deals in, in the business of, of mass gatherings, is having a uh, a tough time, obviously, as you said, we've postponed our 50th show till 2021. Uh, and, and you know, really in the last few weeks since we've done that, we've been able to have a look at the numbers and the position that Agribition is looking at for for the remainder of this year is, is stark and I would say it's sobering. We've got, we're looking at an evaporation of, of about 90 to 95% of our traditional revenue stream. So I think by the time that we have... Uh, uh, an AGM next year and report on the financial results, you know, we could be looking at a, at a significant loss, possibly nearly a million dollars. So you could have a million dollar loss next year just because of the lack of putting on this year's show? It could, yeah, that's that's a possibility. I think it's, you know, our responsibility at the organization now to spend the next six or seven months looking at ways that we can mitigate that and what kind of valuable uh, programming and assets Agribition can transition to so that we can still provide a service and a platform in the industry that helps the business of agriculture and hopefully we'll do that in a way that has market value as well so that we can we can start to pivot and find new ways to earn revenue for the rest of the year. Any events planned for this fall? I think we're working, we've got a, a couple working groups uh, here at Agribition that are working on uh, you know various scenarios whether that's online or virtual programs or, uh, you know, even the outside possibility of, of some smaller in-person programs. But again, that's all dependent on the state of the health regulations and access to the facilities here. So I think there's still a lot of work to do, but that's the kind of work that we're going to be doing in the next few weeks. The Agribition Annual Meeting is being held today. Just what's happening? Well, our annual meeting is, you know, is normally a, a chance for us to gather together the members of the organization and, and report on the year that was. Um, as you know, this is a, this is a delayed AGM for us because of uh, of the COVID restrictions. So not only will we be doing this, you know, by call in and, and webcast today, but we'll also be uh, electing some new directors. We'll do sort of the business of the business of Agribition. And like I said, normally that's a chance for stakeholders and members to get together and, and have a bit of a social event. And obviously that can't happen this time around. So largely what you'll see today is, a, is an informational update on how the business of Agribition has performed in 2019 and a little bit of what we're looking ahead for in 2020 and 2021. Lane says there was good support from exhibitors and last fall's show welcomed over 10,000 students and more than 1,300 international guests from 86 countries. Hey, time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on The Source, 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. Recently I had a chance to chat with Daryl Bricker. He's the CEO of Ipsos. He's also the author of a new book entitled Next, which focuses on what the next evolution of Canada looks like. What what does the future of Canada kind of look like here in, in some of your research? What are some of the highlights, things we need to be really aware of? Well, I think that the single biggest thing is that the, the country that we think we are is not the country that we are. Um, so we have this impression of what Canada is, you know, the three founding cultures, the English, the French, and uh, the Indigenous community. 
the idea that uh, you know we're part of the great white north, that we're a very youthful country, that youth defines the marketplace, all of those things are going by the wayside. I mean, 22% of the Canadian population now was not born in this country. Like a wow. fifth of the population was not born in this country. They're not part of the English, French, and indigenous uh, uh, story that we, we tell about ourselves. Over 80% of us now live in a community uh, of over 1,000 people. And four cities uh, are where 40% of us live, so the three big ones plus Calgary. Um, we only live, uh, you know, 90, uh, it's between 92 and 93 percent of the population lives within 100 kilometers of the U.S. border. And the median age of a Canadian today is 41, which is hardly young. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess one of the things I've heard you talk about before is how we, we could have growing Western influence or more people moving West and maybe a little bit l less of the traditional Laurentian elite. Yeah, the Laurentian elite is a term that actually came out of a book that I was involved in called The Big Shift uh, that uh, John Ibbotson and I wrote together. And it was a way of describing the, uh, the, the essentially the central Canadian elite, those people who established what it was to be Canadian. And they lived predominantly, and they were mostly men, uh, almost in, in universally men, who lived in you know a couple of places. They lived in the you know, uh, in downtown Ottawa, they lived in downtown Montreal, and they lived in downtown Toronto. And if you didn't live in any of those places, you really didn't have any influence in, in, uh, in anything that was of national significance. And what's changed is the weight of the population has shifted, hence the name The Big Shift. But it's also a big part of next, right? So the next country is going to be more Pacific-oriented and more Western-oriented because that's the way where the weight of the population has moved. And not only is the population growing faster in Western Canada than it's growing in any other part of the country, with the exception of the suburbs of Toronto, um, it's also a younger population, so the birth rate is, continues to be higher in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and Alberta than it is, say, for example, in uh, Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, and New Brunswick. So what happens is the weight of Western Canada continues to grow year by year in our population, and the weight of particularly Quebec and, and Atlantic Canada continues to decline. So what does that mean for the future of politics in Canada? Well, that's really what the big shift was about, which was a big shift. And what it means is that you, uh, the old formula of winning a majority government in Canada, which was all I have to do is win all of Quebec and enough of Ontario to be able to carry a national election, or Jean Chrétien win all of Ontario and carry enough of Quebec, that I don't need any seats in Western Canada. But as you saw in the last federal election, Western Canada, even though it didn't win the election, decided that the rest of the country was going to have a minority government. So Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and even British Columbia, which is growing less than the national average, by the way, um, are all getting more seats as we go forward. Atlantic Canada is, and Quebec is due to some sort of formula uh, that we have about make, maintaining Quebec representation, but um, the population numbers are driving the importance of Western Canada higher. So what ends up happening now is there's two ways to win a national election. The old way, uh, and but which is still, but interestingly enough, the way that Justin Trudeau won the last election, which is enough of Quebec and enough of Ontario that you win, and you can pretty well get blanked in Western Canada, or the way that Stephen Harper won in 2011, and will continue to get easier and easier for the Conservatives to utilize, which is you win most of Western Canada plus the suburbs of Ontario. And whether you have any seats in Quebec, which is the irony of, but Stephen Harper won his majority in 2011 with five seats in Quebec. 
This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. Yeah. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland. Get ready for seeding with New Holland equipment from Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather, mainly cloudy with 30% chance of showers and risk of a thunderstorm. Wind northwest 30, the high today 27, the low 13. For Friday, mainly sunny, wind west 20, the high tomorrow 29, the low 16. Saturday, sunny with a high 30, the low 13. Sunday, cloudy, the high 23, the low 13. Monday, cloudy, the high 24, 60% chance of evening showers. Monday, the low 17. Partly cloudy Tuesday, the high 27, the low 16. Wednesday, July 1st, partly cloudy with 30% chance of showers, the high 23. Normal high for this date, 24, the normal low is 10. The sun rose at 4.48 this morning. It sets at 9.14 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is up north at Buffalo Narrows, 25 degrees. The cold spot in the southwest corner, Cypress Hills at 16. Estevan 21, Saskatoon 23, Swift Current 21, Weyburn 22, Yorkton is 19 degrees. In Regina, cloudy and 23, that's 73 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northwest at 22, gusting to 33. Humidity is 67%. The barometer rising, 101.0. Cloudy in Moose Jaw 22, winds are from the northwest at 30. Once again, Regina, cloudy and 23, that's 73 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Hey. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director, Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com and Sask Municipal Hail Insurance. Farmers, get your spot loss hail insurance with SMHI online or connect with an agent. Storms are unpredictable, SMHI isn't. The latest crop report from Manitoba says spring seeding is complete across the province. Manitoba Agriculture Crop Specialist Dane Fraze says some areas were too wet to seed and some are looking at green feed. He says the southwest region of Manitoba had cooler and drier weather conditions this past week. It has slowed crop de- development uh, for the most part, as well as delayed herbicide applications. It makes herbicide staging and application difficult to make uh, the, that call right when the crop is in the right window, as well as high winds have been persistently unfavorable for uh, safe herbicide applications. Phrase says some fall rye has been turned into green feed. Fall seeded cereals are looking fairly good. There's been some fall rye that has been terminated or turned into green feed where frost events in parts of the southwest or northwest may have um, damaged some of those florets. Uh, but otherwise, the cereals do look well. Uh, rye is now past its fusarium or flowering window. Pardon me. Rye is now past its flowering window, and winter wheat is just about to enter uh, the booting stage and begin flowering very shortly. So producers are cognizant of the higher fusarium risk with persistent south winds, as well as warm or humid temperatures in select locations, and uh, fusarium risk could be elevated. And as for spring-seeded crops, weed control has been a challenge. Uh, spring cereals are looking better. Um, in fact, 
some fields actually look excellent. Uh, stages vary according to the seeding date. Most fields are at that just about that, that, that stem elongation stage, and later fields are about four to five leaf. Phrase says pastures in southwest Manitoba are rated good, with an average to above average hay crop. As for northwestern Manitoba, he says they've been experiencing hot days and cool nights. Yes, it has been. Uh, that's certainly limited some growing degree potential, so we are slightly behind uh, normal in terms of heat accumulation in the northwest, and that has limited some crop growth, uh, particularly for forage growth in hay fields, uh, coupled with dry conditions. Uh, around Sifton and Gilbert Plains, grasshoppers are a concern, and hay yield potential remains well below normal, uh, with most severely affected fields not warranting uh, being cut if the dry conditions remain. He notes winter wheat and fall rye are flowering and heading out. He says there's been reports of flea beetles and cutworms causing damage to crops in the northwest. Yes, there has been uh, ongoing issues all spring. Uh, as crops advance and become a little bit uh, more vigorous, they grow past that susceptible stage where flea beetles can cause economic injury on canola. Uh, cutworms are can be fairly widespread, but generally occur in patches, and generally those uh, pests have been managed to this point, uh, so we're starting to see a bit of a reduced focus on those pests and more of a shift towards what damage the grasshoppers could do. Phrase says pastures are in pretty poor shape in the northwest. Pastures aren't looking great. Uh, without significant rainfall soon, producers will be tasked with making some difficult decisions over the next couple weeks on how to manage and provide both summer and winter feed for their herd, which is compounded by the fact that there's little to no carryover in feed yards. Dane Phrase is a crop specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel DeCorby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. The east-central region of Saskatchewan is one of the driest areas of the province. Mike Hall is the research coordinator with the East Central Research Farm and Parkland College at Yorkton. He talks about crop conditions at the research farm. You know, everything came up really well, but, you know, we, we're obviously running shy of moisture. <laughs> you know, like we've got some pretty short cereal plants that are, are starting to come into head and they're they're not that tall out there. The same was true for our winter wheat out there. It's, it's heading at a very... At a sh very short height, but uh, you know the emergence was great. Things weren't spotty. Very good uniform emergence out there, and things look good. They just are short, shorter than I was expecting. Hall says the Yorkton area needs a good rain. Even my garden, my backyard, my corn was badly onion leafed. So yeah, there's there's definitely a shortage of moisture in the soil. I've, I think we. Uh, weren't starting with an awful uh, lot of soil reserves for moisture because we've had dry summers before but we had had uh, a lot more soil moisture that sort of carried us through the, the dry times but I don't think we were starting with very much this time. Mike Hall is with the East Central Research Farm in the Yorkton area. 
German pharma giant Bayer says it's paying up to $10.9 billion U.S. to settle litigation over subsidiary Monsanto's weed killer Roundup. Monsanto has faced numerous lawsuits over claims that Roundup causes cancer. Bayer says the Roundup settlement involves about 125,000 filed and unfiled claims. In a statement released yesterday, it says it's also paying up to $1.22 billion to settle two further cases, one involving PCB in water. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornsson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra's prices for feed barley fell a dollar one at one ninety five seventy. Canola dropped two twenty at four twenty eight eighty eight. Flax gained three dollars at five hundred fifteen dollars and seventy nine cents. Number one red spring wheat gained a dollar five at two twenty six twenty two. The rest were all unchanged. Durham two sixty six thirty nine. Lentils seven hundred fourteen dollars and fifty cents. Oats 264.16, yellow peas 257.89, and feed wheat 172 dollars and 88 cents per metric ton. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, July spring wheat is down four and a half cents at 5.11 and three quarter cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Assiniboia and Weyburn Livestock Auctions. Call Assiniboia 642-4180 or Weyburn 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Now the latest livestock quotations. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of June 23rd. We had our last sale here in Weyburn on June 10th. We had over 800 head at this sale. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.78 cents to $0.88. Cents. D3 cows sold from $0.68 cents to $0.77. Cents. Counter cows sold from $0.55 cents to $0.65. Cents. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.20 to $1.32. We had a handful of steers and heifers at this sale, 800 to 900 pound steers averaged $1.52 and sold up to $1.55. Steers over 900 pounds averaged $1.22 and sold up to $1.55. 700 to 800 pound heifers averaged $1.63 and sold up to $1.75. 800 to 900 pound heifers averaged $1.51 and sold up to $1.65. And heifers over 900 pounds averaged $1.40 and sold up to $1.53. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Line Stock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 6,200 hogs Wednesday, selling in a range of 110 to 145 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,300 head, selling in a range of 107 to 147 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are selling in the range of 19 to 25 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed and forward contract prices are trading higher. On Wednesday, the Canadian dollar was down 40 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.3591. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 73.28 cents US. 
While any number of metrics can be commented on in an attempt to gauge the tone of the market, all market participants are eagerly awaiting the quarterly Hogs and Pigs report, which will be revealed later this afternoon. There are a lot of opinions on the status of the herd, highlighted by the pre-report estimates, showing a wide 24.6% spread between the lowest and highest estimate on the hogs over 108 pounds category, for example, and implying uncertainty on the extent of euthanasia for market-ready animals. Categories to keep an eye on include kept for breeding, under 50 pounds, over 180 pounds, and any information on farrowing intentions, especially for those that will be market-ready in the fourth quarter. In the meantime, the weekly export sales report was released this morning, which while outperforming some metrics, did not provide much bullish news and could be described as disappointing. Net sales came in at 24,000 metric tons, which was 38% lower than a week ago and 9% off the pace normally seen for weekend in June 18th. Physical deliveries for the primals were 23% higher than the five-year average, but 12% lower than a week ago and much lower than the pace that was nearly double the averages until about weekending May 16th. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. Export Development Canada says its Trade Confidence Index fell to a record low of 56.0 in its latest survey. The Export Credit Agency says almost three-quarters of the 823 Canadian exporters surveyed said the COVID-19 pandemic has had a negative impact on their sales. Half of that group reported a high negative impact, while only 14% of respondents said they've seen stronger sales due to the pandemic. In a forecast released last week, the EDC said it expects exports this year will fall 20% due to the pandemic and related containment measures before rising 19% next year. Operations are returning to normal at the country's largest beef packing plants, but closures and slowdowns due to COVID-19 outbreaks back in the spring are having a lingering effect. The Canadian Cattlemen's Association says there's still a glut of about 130,000 cattle to be processed. Cargill says its facility in High River, Alberta, is now operating at 95% capacity and should be back to normal next week, while JBS reports its plant in Brooks is fully operational. On the markets, Canada's main stock index ticked higher in late morning trading, boosted by gains in the key financial, energy and industrial sectors, while U.S. stock markets also edged higher. The TSX Composite Index was up 49 points at 15,343. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 25 points at 25,471. The Canadian dollar traded for 73.25 cents U.S. compared with 73.58 cents on Wednesday. The August crude oil contract was up nine cents at 38.10 per barrel. And that's the Resource Report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an Agri-News report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning, there's another Agri-News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and go. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.